Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Strange Familiars, true stories of the paranormal, cryptids, hauntings, the occult, mythology, UFOs, folklore, weird and forgotten history. Please make sure to like and subscribe to Strange Familiars on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you are listening. Please share the Strange Familiars page and episodes on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover, Email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, and of course, strangefamiliars.com. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Tonight we're going to be talking to Sam, 
We start out the conversation with some of Sam's stories about Black Diamond Cemetery. Really interesting stories. And then we get into general paranormal talk, and I talk to him about some of my own experiences, and we go back and forth, and the conversation kind of goes sideways into other realms of the paranormal, but I think it's a good conversation. This is episode 48. We're quickly heading towards episode 50. This would normally be a patron show. Every other episode we do for patrons now, or we try to. We are going to go ahead and release this to patrons on Tuesday, and then we're going to make it available to everyone else on Thursday of this week. And the reason we're doing that is partly in celebration of the 50th episode that's coming soon, and partly we wanted to show everyone who isn't patrons what the patrons are getting. They're getting full episodes of Strange Familiars. We don't do just little patron segments. We're doing full episodes for the patrons at least once a month, but we're trying to do two a month now. If you like Strange Familiars, if you like what you're hearing, and if you don't want to miss an episode, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. $3 a month gets you those bonus shows, but you can go in at a higher level if you want. You can get other rewards like pins and stickers and t-shirts and more. Check it out at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Episodes 49 and 50 are going to be a two-part episode. These will also be available to everyone. It's an epic conversation I had with Clint from OK Talk. He's back. We were talking about some synchronicities that happened. We started taking random phone calls, and it's pretty incredible. I'm going to have trouble even editing the conversation down to two episodes, I think, because it was just an absolutely epic conversation that took place over two nights. I can't wait for everybody to hear it, and I think it's a it's a great celebration of reaching 50 episodes. So those will be dropping in the next weeks. Next month, we'll probably go back to the standard two episodes for everyone and two episodes for patrons. So if you don't want to miss episodes, please consider becoming a patron. Thanks, of course, to all of our patrons. Without our patrons, there wouldn't be strange familiars. We don't take advertising at this time. We don't have any sponsors. The only help we get in making the show is from our patrons. And we really, really value and appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for your help. As you can tell, we've been doing more strange familiars. And with your help, we can do even more. So thank you for your help, and we'll continue doing what we do. The Broken Circle is coming. More witnesses are coming. More Flannel Man. More on-site recordings. More of everything we do. And we can do all of that because of our patrons. So once again, thank you. So we're going to talk with Sam tonight. Did you start out as a ghost hunter or did you become a ghost hunter because you experienced things? I, I experienced something paranormal. And so kind of after that, I decided to start pursuing the strange and kind of got right away into ghost hunting. So what did you experience? Because most of your experiences have to do with this graveyard. But was that your first experience or did you experience something else? No, I would say the first real experience I had that kind of propelled me forward to, to begin pursuing ghosts and different things like that was something that happened to me when I worked at Fred Meyer. For those of you not familiar, Fred Meyer, it's a kind of like a Kroger super chain store, kind of like a large Walmart or something. But 
I was working in the apparel department, and I usually ended up working pretty late there. I would say the latest I stayed was about 2 in the morning. On average, I left around 12.30. The issue I had was was I worked, it was myself and then about 15 other women who would spend some time chit-chatting near the front desk. So I would go and sit back in the back warehouse after clocking off and just wait for them to be ready to go. And so it was one of those nights when I was sitting back there alone. This warehouse is kind of off in the corner of the store, and uh, there's only two double doors that go into it. And they're not like swinging doors. They're actual doors with handles on them. And they are the squeakiest, loudest doors in the entire world. So if anybody opened them, you would you would hear it, whether you were 10 feet away or 40. Right next to those doors, there's a stairwell going up to the second floor, and that's the only entrance up to the second floor. And um, I was sitting about 30 feet away from the door, so I, I was looking right at it. So I could see the door, I could see the staircase, and I was quite alone back there. There's no one else really in the store at that time of night. So I was just sitting on my phone. I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was texting. And uh, all of a sudden, I kind of just stopped, and it just kind of felt weird. And I heard a boot print above my head and from coming from the second floor. And it was like a cowboy boot, but without the spur. And uh, it just made a loud clop sound. And I just kind of froze and slowly started looking up. And the boot prints then just started going clop, clop, clop. And just getting louder and louder and louder until after about 13, 15 steps, it just stopped directly above my head, which was pretty terrifying. That's the first time I ever had something that was like I was very awake. I was very aware of what was going on. And just something came out of nowhere and just ruined my day. So at first, like I said, I was just frozen. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of scared. And then I told myself, all right, be rational. You know, you can see the door. You can see the stairs. No one can get away. You know, run up there and catch the person who obviously did that. I don't know how they would know where I was from the second floor, but I just told myself there was somebody up there. So I sprinted towards the stairs. I ran up the stairs, and uh, the second floor was just where they keep the mannequins and the spare like mannequin parts and different racks and stuff. Oh, so nothing so, creepy or anything? <laughs> no, nothing weird up there. Thank God they kept that on the second floor, because I never would have hung out in there if it was on the first. But there was no one up there. I mean, I could see straight down the aisle. There was no one. And I told myself, well, maybe they're hiding in the mannequins. Maybe there's somebody there. So I walked down to the other end, made myself do it. And as soon as I hit the other end and was sure there was no one there... That's when I just gave up and just ran out of there. I would have been screaming if I had no dignity. So, <laughs> yeah, after that, I was a firm believer in the paranormal. What kind of led up to that, too, and I forgot to mention, was that people would talk about a child ghost who kind of lived in the children's department over there. Like, there would be old ladies who worked with us, and they would literally be sitting there mumbling, talking to the ghost. Wow. So there was kind of a buildup to that. And I never really thought much of it, believe it or not, until that happened. And then I then I was kind of done. But that didn't sound like a kid walking. So We did an episode uh, back around in the early winter, I think, called the, the Haunted Church. Nothing much happened for us when we were there. Uh, we had a, a couple of little strange things happen, but nothing, you know, nothing grand and, and uh, jaw-dropping. But they did have a mannequin in one of the rooms upstairs in the offices. And every time I walked by, I jumped. <laughs> I, no, thanks. I, I catch this mannequin out of the corner of my eye. It jumped yeah. every time. Like, what? Mannequins are always fun to have around when you're trying to figure out if someone's around. Someone oh, yeah, no kidding. Around. So was this an old building, that this uh, store? No, but that was a recently remodeled area of the building. The warehouse was an add-on to the original building. So... Recent construction. That's it. And did you ever have anything else happen there? 
No, I didn't, to be honest. You know, lots of other people claimed things happened, like things hitting them on the side of the head, like something was thrown at them or something, or hearing, like, kids giggling in the children's department where the clothing were when it was closed, that kind of thing. But uh, I never experienced anything else. This experience got you interested in paranormal stuff. You started exploring this particular cemetery. Did you want to give them the name of the cemetery, or do you want to keep it? On the yeah, beach? it was the Black Diamond Cemetery. It's an old coal mining town uh, that started, I believe it was founded in the 1880s. It shut down, the coal mining shut down, like, right before World War One, right after World War One, somewhere in there. And then the town was kind of revamped in 1930. So it's an older little coal town. And did you have activity the first time you visited the cemetery? Yes, we did. We didn't actually see any ghosts or anything like that but we did experience kind of some strange sounds happening around us to be honest when i first after that event happened to fred meyer um i kind of was pretty amped up to start ghost hunting you know i had firm proof that something weird definitely existed outside of just day-to-day physics and you know so i I hopped on the internet i got books i read up on everything i possibly could about ghosts and uh, i was honestly thinking i was going to walk into a ghostbusters film and, you know, have spirits flying out of graves and, you know, us running or yelling at them and casting them away, that kind of thing. And it was definitely nothing like that. I first purchased a just an EMF meter, and that was it, and we went to the graveyard. So the first time we went, I don't have any audio or anything like that. It was me and two other people, and uh, we spent about 40 minutes in the graveyard around 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock, and not a whole lot had happened. And kind of when we were about to pack things up, we heard a rustling in some of the bushes to the east of us. And we all kind of turned and looked that way. And somebody was like, oh, did you hear something? And somebody else was like, yeah, I heard that. And uh, then it happens behind us on the other side of the graveyard. And then it was immediately followed by a sound to the south of us and then the north. And then it kind of just kept bouncing around like that. And it was like something was moving around us. At first, we were thinking maybe it was a wildcat, a cougar or something. But it was just going way too fast and hopping up in two different areas around us for us to think or to actually think it was a cat. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. And we were all just kind of standing there, very spooked, very afraid, wanting to leave. And then we heard something that sounded like a small animal, maybe a chicken or something, just getting brutally murdered. I mean, it sounded like it was being strangled and then ripped in half. Hmm. And after that, we just bolted. Like a kind of screaming sound or... Yeah, it was a gargled scream. It definitely wasn't a good sound. Is so. this area, is this cemetery surrounded by town, or is it is it a rural cemetery? Yeah, it's a smaller little town. On the western side and southern side, there's woods. And then towards the front, there's the road. And then on the eastern side, you have about six houses behind a fence. And there's um, shrubbery kind of around the whole entire fence. And so with that, you decided to go back. Oh, yeah. As we do. I mean, yes. (laughs) Yeah, just to be honest, it was in larger numbers because we were scared. Mm -hmm. So we put together a bigger group. I got about eight people to go that time. So we were much more confident. I actually recorded that one on audio. I got our audio recorder for the second trip. You know, we were all joking and sounded very, very, um, I don't know. We just were not intimidated at all. And it started out kind of slow. The second time we went, we went much later because I figured maybe we didn't see ghosts because it wasn't late enough at night. That was just me thinking that as a younger kid. So uh, after getting there, um, we kind of split up into groups a couple times. At one point, probably an hour into this, four of us saw two wisp-like lights 
they were probably like kind of like what you'd imagine an ostrich egg sized. And they came out of the large tree that's kind of in the center of the graveyard. I saw them as green and white. Other people said they saw them as blue. But, you know, we, but we all saw the lights for sure. The four of us did. And uh, they just kind of started floating about three feet higher than they were. And at this point, you know, I was super jazzed. This is exactly what I had been looking for. And so I tried walking forward to get closer to them. And I was just hit with a wave of nausea. I mean, I almost vomited. And I tried pushing past it and walking forward. And I fell to my knees. And I, I couldn't move, which was very strange. And then they just kind of drifted back to the forest and blinked out. So that was definitely bizarre. After that, it you know was definitely eerie feeling. We were spooked. Not everybody had seen that specifically, but there was enough of us to have seen it to explain it to everybody else, and they were all kind of freaked out by it. About 30 minutes later, you know, after the energy was kind of building, um, I kind of did the TV thing where I just kind of yelled out loud, if there's any, you know, anything here with us, you know, give us proof or, or show yourself. And next thing you know, the entire graveyard just lights up in a bright green light. I mean, it was like a slow foomp, and then it just receded kind of gently. It was neon green, and everybody else who I talked to this last week, they all said it was green too. But what was kind of weird was, was we had one friend who wasn't standing with us in a large pack. He was off on one side of the graveyard, and he didn't actually see anything in the sky. We all saw it radiate from the sky. He didn't see that. He just saw our bodies light up. So... A little strange. So it lo- it looked like the source of the light was was somehow in the sky. Correct. Okay. But it was a clear sky. You could see the stars. You could see the moon. There was no clouds. There was no thunder, lightning, anything like that. So right. So it's not uh, like there was a, a point in the sky from which the light emanated, like a spotlight or anything. It just it nope. just seemed like it came from above. Yep. Yeah. And when I talked to a couple different people, one person said that it looked like it came from right above our heads, about thirty feet up. Another one said it looked like it came from closer to the horizon in the distance. So everybody was really mixed on where it was. I would have said it was at like plain altitude, but everybody was was totally different on that. So and then shortly after that, you know, we were all uh, a little spooked. It was cool to kind of get that confirmation, but we were scared. So we started to filter out of the graveyard and one of my friends saw something. He saw like a person walking behind some trees near the entrance So he said, guys, check this out. And he ran forward and an orb, it was white. And when I talked to him afterwards, he actually said he saw it as rainbow colored, which was kind of bizarre. Came up out of the ground. It flew past him, went between his legs. And at this point, he he shouted. And I turned my head and looked and I saw it go past him and then just go into a grave, just sink into the ground and disappear. Wow. And we were very scared at that point. For some reason, that really scared us and we all left. That was that was a night. We called it good. Everybody went home, and for the most part, things were normal. Um, it definitely felt like something was, you know, at my house afterwards, but that could have just been nerves from being really scared. Um, but my friend who saw that last orb, he actually had an orb appear in his room that night, and he couldn't sleep for days. And he wouldn't talk about the events that happened to the graveyard for about a week after that. Wow. So, uh, definitely. Would he describe the orb that appeared to him? Um, yeah, he described it. So I actually just talked to him this last week. It was good kind of connecting with him. He said it was, to him, it was kind of bowling ball sized. And he said it was, at first he said it was white. And then he said, no, wait. He said it was white, but there was like rainbow colors shifting across its surface, was how he described it. So, which is how he described the one in the cemetery as well? 
Um, just the one that got close to him. Okay. So that was, yeah. Oh, the one in his room, I apologize. He said that one was about tennis ball sized and green. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It went, uh, came into his room, he said, came into the wall, and then left back out the house. Wow. So, very strange. It was, it was a good night, you know. <laughs> and what's nice is when other people see these things. So, you know, you have that validation, which is a huge plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. From there, you, you had further experiences. Yeah. We went um, another time after that. Nothing happened. We brought a couple girlfriends with us, thought it would be a cool thing to do, and of course, nothing happens then, so you're still just the nerdy, not cool ghost hunter. Isn't that, um, like, I, there's a there's a place we talk about on the podcast, Site 7, and mm-hmm. because we've had some crazy stuff happen there, people all the time are like, you, you gotta take me there, you gotta take me there, and I, like, I can't guarantee anything's gonna happen. You know, we can go out there. Oh, yeah. What you hear on the podcast is me taking the cream of the crop you know what i mean that's that's several visits you know oh, yeah in between that where we get the good stuff there might be four or five visits where nothing happens where you're just sitting yep. around and, and it's boring i think people are very disappointed by that idea by the idea that you you know there's not going to be something there every time but that it's just that's the way it is you just you just yep. can't guarantee it yeah i mean we don't really understand what's going on so how can we predict you know when it's going to show up or reveal itself so exactly yeah very peculiar i mean i remember one time it was kind of in between this graveyard time. Uh, I got super excited because I was using the internet and just looking up the most haunted places in Washington. And supposedly there was this old, abandoned, insane asylum in Tacoma, which is a port city that's pretty large. And so we got our girlfriends together, some girls we liked, and we we're like, let's go take them to this insane asylum. It'll be great. You know, we'll have some good ghost experiences and we'll bond kind of thing. When we got there, it was just a lot of woods and it was just kind of peculiar. And so I thought, well, maybe it's in the woods. So. I walked him around the woods for like two hours and there was like a trail that went through there and then we found like a little park and stuff. It was a little weird though because this whole time, like every 15 minutes, I would hear this kind of screech slash whistle sound behind us, right? And I kept telling them, you know, like, oh, this might be ghost activity, you know, trying to get them spooked and energized. And I wasn't sure what it was myself, but um, I was just telling them that. And this kept going on the whole time. And we finished, we ended up exploring like this whole little patch of woods. There was nothing in there. We came out on like a little barn and stuff. And just that sound was really the scariest thing. And it followed us even out of the woods. And at that point, you know, we were kind of like, all right, what the heck is this thing following us? So we heard it again. We went towards the noise because I was starting to think maybe a person was following us. And um, next thing you know, don't know what kind of bird it was, but a massive bird just jumped off the roof of like a shed and swept at us. And it made the sound that had been following us the whole time through the woods and flew off. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes you take people to something and it's not haunted at all. And it turns out you took them across the street and the haunted thing was on the other side of the street. And that was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, but no, we went we went back to the graveyard. The next time we went that something actually happened. It was just three of us. We parked at the front of the graveyard, which was a bit more bold to do because technically you're not really supposed to be going around in there at night unless you have a permit. But, you know, we didn't want to get a permit. So parked in the front and we walked into the graveyard and just kind of eyeballed it, you know, like, okay, where are we going to stand at today? What are we going to try to see? And fog started kind of rolling in from the woods, which was a little eerie because that had never happened before. At that point, we were kind of like, well, you know, hey, you know, why don't you go back and touch the fence? Or no, you, you go touch the fence. And um, while we were just joking around, the fog was just rolling in at an uh, enormous rate. I mean, in that short conversation, it was probably a third of the way across the graveyard. And we then were pretty scared. But being boys, we we dared each other. We we made our way to about halfway into the graveyard, just walking towards the forest. 
the fog was getting really thick by then. And oddly enough, we kind of got like a sulfur smell, which is one of the claims that people have at that graveyard is smelling sulfur. And so we were kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. That's what they say on the Internet. And as we were talking, next thing you know, the whole graveyard just lit up again green. Super bright. And we all arms, you know, our, our arm hairs were just standing up and we just turned and left. For some reason that night was just extra scary, and uh, we were we were done at that point. The last time we ever had anything happen there was just me and one other person. I actually had this on recording, or I had I was I recorded the event on a little recorder. It was kind of terrifying. I re-listened to it this last week, and I didn't realize how scary what had happened uh, was. But we went into the graveyard, and about ten minutes in, my friend saw somebody walking around the front of the graveyard. So we thought maybe there was other people coming to do ghost hunting or something. You know, we didn't know what was going on. We started approaching the front of the graveyard to see, you know, okay, who who is this? Who's here? And then he saw the person further back in the graveyard behind us as we were looking around. And I don't know if he's seeing things, you know, or if he's, you know, just making up, you know, taking shadows and morphing them into people or something. But, you know, I was listening to him and believed him. And I was, you know, kind of starting to think there was somebody with us or somebody in the graveyard as well. Well, then... The, the noises started happening in the bushes again, as had happened the first time we went. And this time it really scared us because they were really loud. So we kind of went back to the very center of the graveyard and we're just kind of looking all around us. And we're being really quiet. And next thing you know, somebody comes out of one of the houses um, on the east side of the graveyard. And it's this little old lady. And she kind of just looked around really quick. And we, we were kind of ducking. And then she just walks back into her house. And the noises had stopped at that point. So she goes back into her house, shuts the door, and we're standing there kind of like, all right, we almost got caught. Maybe we should leave. Well, then the noises start up again in the bushes. We get super scared again, and he tells me he sees somebody near the front of the graveyard. So then on the western side, towards the front of the graveyard, there's like a like a 10-foot area that connects to somebody's property, and then all behind, that's the wooded area. But... um. Somebody walks out of the house with a flashlight, and he's got his dog next to him. The dog's going crazy. And uh, they walk over to a tree on the other side of the fence, and he looks up, and he goes, what the hell? And then he slowly kind of, like, walks backwards, and his dog's quiet at that point, and they just both go back down the property and go into the barn that's down the hill. So that was kind of weird. And then the noises started up again, and he saw the person again near the front, and I saw the person again near the front. I saw somebody pass between the trees. We bolted after that and left. So, very strange. But I had it all in recording, and so it was weird going back and listening to it because you can tell we're terrified. And the noises, you can actually hear a couple times some of the shuffling we heard in the distance. So, wow. Which definitely gave me chills hearing that. Was that the last time you visited? No, it wasn't, unfortunately. The last time we visited... We went in there, and shortly after, the police were called on us. Ah. At first, we tried to hide, you know, and then I was like, no, guys, let's go talk to the police. So they were surrounding the graveyard. Uh, well, they, they pulled up to the front, and then they opened the gates, and they drove into the graveyard, and they Oof. were doing the circle around it. So I just got up, and I said, hey, we're nerds ghost hunting. I apologize. And he said, yeah, you guys can't do that. And he, he just said, you got to go. So we left. Well, one of my friends didn't want to get caught because he thought we were going to get in trouble, so he had laid flat in the graveyard. And the police didn't leave. We walked off, and I didn't want to say, hey, I've got a friend hiding, because I didn't want to... Rat him I don't know why yeah. he was hiding. Yeah. So the police kept circling and circling, and we had to wait for him for like 45 minutes as he crept past the police to get back to us. And 
after that, we were just kind of done. You know, we had a lot of things happen. And I think now I would go back for sure. But at the time, we were kind of finished after that. When the police kind of show up, it ruins things. So, yeah. I think people who listen regularly probably know where I'm going to go with this. Let's talk about the commonalities between what you experience and other paranormal phenomenon. Uh, yeah. You've got figures moving around, shadowy figures, I'm assuming. Uh, they weren't, oh, yeah. They weren't de- defined. I would say they were kind of gray looking. You've got uh, noises coming from the bushes. You've got someone who comes out and looks up in the trees, looks up at something and says, what the hell? And beats a retreat. Someone whose dog was going crazy. You have a bad smell and you have orbs going around. I'm not saying this is what it is, but I mean, you get all of this with Bigfoot stuff as well. Oh, yeah. And... I got a story, and this guy didn't want to come on the podcast, and it was this amazing story, and I forget why exactly he didn't want to come on. There's just sometimes you get people who are like, I, I, I don't want to come on for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. This, But he still wanted to tell me a story, so he called up, and he tells me this amazing story of this night that he's he's going uh, Bigfoot hunting with either a friend or a cousin or you know relative or something. And they go to this one area where they think they're going to have activity, and... The really interesting thing is he said he, he put out stale Oreo cookies. on. There was a picnic table there, and he put out a, a line of stale Oreo cookies just to see if something would take them in the night. And they went and they sat in their car all night. And he said, I think they got some noises behind them and stuff and, and some, you know, the, the creepy feelings and, and so forth. But the, what they said happened was a orb came out and basically hovered in a tree right in front of them. Wow. So they could see this from the car. It just like he said, he had the feeling like that was keep an eye on them because it could see him through the, the 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 windshield, this orb or whatever. I forget the. There's some other pretty incredible things he told me, and I I forget. I have the notes somewhere uh, that, on his story. But the thing that really kind of sent the chill up my spine. He said in the morning he got up and he went to go check the Oreos, and they were still in a line. There was, but something had taken them and eaten the the white filling out of each one and put them oh, back geez. in a perfect line. I was like, oh man! But uh, but the the orb stuff and and of course the fact that you're you know you're in Washington State and and there's woods nearby. I mean, did, did that ever occur to you that like like maybe this is something else or maybe you know maybe there's something else going on here beyond ghost activity? At the time, my kind of like paranormal encyclopedia was pretty limited and. I honestly just thought maybe it's some weird kind of poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. But but as I've, you know, kind of grown up and, and, and learned more about these things, and especially when I was listening to your show recently, uh, I definitely started thinking, you know, that that's really strange that people who have Sasquatch encounters get many similar things to what I experienced. And then combining that with the sounds in the bushes around us, that kind of made me wonder if that's what was going on. Yeah, and I'm not saying that is it. I'm just saying it's like... To me, there's so many similarities. We have to note them. We have to at least yep. go. Okay, these are these things. These similar things are happening. Uh, the idea of it of it following someone home is is really really interesting too because that happens across the paranormal field. I mean, that happens with ghost yeah. hunters. That happens. Some of the the freakiest Bigfoot accounts I've ever heard are guys that will give like a wood knock pattern and then they'll drive 50 miles home and hear it answered. Uh, yeah, you know no stuff thanks. stuff like that, which which just makes me think like this is not like a normal ape you know whatever's going on here it's it's not like a mountain gorilla like like, you know whatever it is i can't say but it seems to be so tied in with with this poltergeist phenomenon and like some of the stuff i experienced 
Josh Cutchin said to me, he said, you know, if that happened inside a house, that you'd call that a poltergeist. And it, it stopped me in my tracks. Because up until that point, I was like, well, this is Bigfoot stuff. I, just, I Like, I heard knocks. I got a bad smell. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, this kind of thing felt really afraid. But I never saw anything. I didn't see a thing. And and he said, you didn't you didn't see a creature. If that happened inside a structure, you would have said that was a poltergeist. And yep. it really got me thinking about that. It's it's just such an interesting concept. The parallels between all this different stuff. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Oh, yeah. And what's nice is, you know, we live in a time where we all have such access to so many different stories and personal accounts. Um, and I think that's kind of really helping people kind of get a more clear view of or at least getting more of the pieces to put together what's actually going on. Yeah, um, it, it does seem that at least there's a beginning of some sort of interdisciplinary thought amongst the, the sort of paranormal crowd. It seemed like before you had your, your UFO people, your Bigfoot people and your ghost people and and ne'er did they meet you know they were all in their separate yep. little and now it seems like they're getting at least some people they're talking you know and oh yeah and comparing notes and saying hey this is a lot like you know what we're experiencing over here and and so forth yeah you know i do have you know one time i did hear a scream in the woods it was it's the same sort of thing where you think back to it now and you go well maybe that was exactly what people are talking about a sasquatch sighting i'm not sure what their screams sound like um but what we heard was like a woman screaming at the top of her lungs like an old style fifties movie scream, yeah, and I, well, um, that's reported a ton with with Sasquatch stuff. It's really w- women screaming and babies crying. Which to me, those are if you wanted to lure someone out in the woods, and and I in fact I this yep. happened to a friend of mine. He heard a woman screaming. It's in a in an area called Toad Road here that I spend a lot of time in and investigate. He heard a woman screaming and he thought a woman was in trouble and he ran off into the woods. He didn't find anything. Nothing bad happened to him, but. You know, this the women screaming and babies crying to me, if you're trying to lure somebody out, because as humans, we generally we want to help other humans. I mean, there, there are some people who are just like, nope, that's not my business and, and they'll move along. But in general, I think the inclination is to try to help, especially babies. Oh, yeah. So, so that when people say that's like sounds of uh, babies crying coming from the woods, to me, that is so creepy. And it and it's. To me, it's intended as a lure. It's, it's yeah, it's a trap. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like ghost lights too. I mean, like I said, those first ones we saw in the graveyard came up in front of us and then went out into the woods. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the same sort of feeling, like you wanted to chase after it, but, you know, why? Why is it wanting you to chase after it? You know, why do you hear these sounds in the woods? I mean, the time we heard that scream, it it that was such a scary, scary thing. I was actually, my last time I ever went ghost hunting, there was a rumor that Ted Bundy supposedly had a house out in Issaquah, Hobart area, and some kids supposedly knew where it was. So... I got together somebody who knew where it was and one other friend, and uh, we were going to go to this Ted Bundy house, and I had all my ghost hunting stuff with me. This time, I actually had like a camera that could... I forget the name now, but the ones that are black and white and you can see in the dark. Mm-hmm. Just a night vision camera. Yeah, yeah. So so we go, we, we drive out into the, the Hobart area, and the watershed forest out here is the eeriest forest in the entire world. No one's allowed to touch it. It's got a canopy so thick that the stars just disappear there's no humans really allowed out there. So it's a very primal, just eerie feeling kind of place. But there's one road where there's like five houses on the road, I think. And it extends quite a ways into the forest and the houses are split up about half a mile apart. We went into that area down that road. We went about four houses down. I say it took us about 16 minutes. All, you know, all all along the side of you, there's signs, you know, posted on the trees saying no, no trespassing, no humans allowed. And then you get to a house and they have their yard and then all around their yard, the signs are in the woods saying they're not allowed to trespass. And we finally get to this Ted Bundy house. And it was weird because it was in a clearing in the forest. There was like a little grass patch on the left of the road. And then there was a yard on the right. And there was this empty shell of a house that had the bottom floor completely boarded up. And then the second floor was pretty much just three large windows that took up the whole wall. And it was just black inside. I was very excited to go ghost hunting here because I'd actually at the time thought it could have been Ted Bundy's house. And I figured you'd get some really great ghost activity there. When we get there, there's another vehicle sitting there. That was pretty weird because we were pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. To see somebody else was a little scary. But it turns out the kid who drove us there had planned with his friends to also have them come along to see the house. When they all hop out of the vehicles, they've got machetes and shotguns. And they weren't there to ghost hunt. So... I figured it would be the wise thing to leave my ghost hunting tools back in the vehicle because, you know, I don't want to get beat up for being a dork. (laughs) And um, these kids have guns. So I kind of hopped along with them. We went into the house. The the bottom floor was just beer cans. Obviously, kids went out there to hang out or party, whatever. The second floor was pretty much a skeleton. There was no walls. There's a couple tables. Otherwise, there's no real furniture. But what was weird was you couldn't see outside once you were on the second floor, which is black outside. And you got this weird feeling that someone was just staring at you from out in the woods, but you couldn't see anything out there. And I felt so uncomfortable that I stayed near the stairs just in case something happened so I could run real quick. Well, there was a uh, chair or sorry, there's a hole in the ceiling uh, towards where probably was the master bathroom. And up in that hole in the ceiling, there was just an old wooden chair and it was very eerie looking. And all the kids were daring one of the kids to climb up and sit on it. While they were doing this, or sorry, in mid-conversation, long story short, it was getting very excited. Everyone was getting very excited and yelling, you go up there, you go up there. Everybody just stopped talking. I mean, it just went quiet. And I turned my head and I looked towards the windows. Everybody else stopped and looked towards the windows. And that's when the scream happened. It Hmm. was just a high-pitched, bloody murder scream. Wow. And I almost bolted down the stairs. And then it clicked in my head, if I go outside... That's where whatever this is is at. Right, right. And so I just felt petrified. Finally, somebody, one of the kids with a gun shouted, we have a gun. And there was just nothing. And uh, at that point, everybody wrapped up and we left. Um, and everybody just took off. But 
that that was pretty terrifying and again something that everybody heard it was just weird so yeah screams from the woods it's a thing yeah and yeah. and it's also a thing people say oh you heard a fox you heard a coyote you heard a... oh yeah my dad said i heard an owl yeah so. yeah and you know sometimes it's true you know sometimes i've heard some pretty terrifying things that ended up just being something you know pretty natural yep. but uh other times i there's some things that i've heard and, and have on tape that are definitely whatever they are they're they're not a common they're animal a fox. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, the, 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 you know, then again, who knows? These, you know, apparently, supposedly, these things, whatever they are, can mimic, you know, other things and so forth. You listen for the 800-pound owl amongst the other owls and, st- and so forth. And Yeah, I, and we got more of an owl bear going on, so. Yeah, yeah. There's no easy answers with any of this. And I guaranteed 100%, if you'd have had that screen on, scream on tape, You'd get you know ten different ideas of what it was you know oh yeah yeah you know half the people would say you know you you got something and then the other half would tell you no it's a you know it's a wildcat it's it's this it's that yep I mean I just from what I heard it sounded like a woman I mean like you said it was that it was a terrified scream like somebody was in terror and needed help right um which is exactly what you were talking about so. Yeah, yeah, and and that's I mean I've gotten a number of reports of that, and and it's very common in the Bigfoot world. And again, people aren't necessarily seeing creatures when they're hearing these screams. So we're back to what I was talking about before. You yep. know, you know, is this Bigfoot or is this something else that that we're attributing to Bigfoot? Do you still do ghost hunting? No. So it seems to be kind of the folly of a lot of ghost hunters, where you start having events happening at your own house. You know, I, I I stopped after a particularly spooky event occurred where I was alone in a house. I rented a room from an older lady. She, she was about 60 years old. She would go to her boyfriend's house every other night. And the reason she wanted a roommate was so that somebody was watching the house on those off days. I was trying to change my light bulb in my bedroom and I accidentally ripped the whole thing out of the ceiling. I thought you just twisted it off. And apparently that wasn't how it works. <laughs> Anyhow, I ended up wrenching it out of the ceiling and... You know, as a younger kid, I was freaking out, thinking the landlord was going to rip me a new one. So I figured I was going to crawl up into the attic space um, and I was going to get this fixed, you know, figure out how it worked and get it taken care of. So I went to her bedroom. I knew the access point was in her, her closet. She told me where it was before. And I, I went up into the closet after I put on a um, some coveralls, like old shop coveralls. Yeah. And I put some gloves on and I duct taped the seams and stuff so no fiberglass would get in onto my skin or whatever. And I had my cell phone with me and a big old flashlight and the mini tool belt I kind of put together of tools I thought I might need. So I crawl up. I start working my way down the crawl space. And next thing you know, my flashlight starts going on, off, on, off, on, off. And I was like, oh, great. Of course, you know, right away. So I hit it a couple times and it turns right back on. I was like, great. So I keep pushing my way down. And next thing you know, my phone vibrates. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So I kind of I had gloves on and I, it was under my coverall, so I couldn't get to it. So I just kept hitting it until it went off. Then I kept crawling. And uh, next thing you know, my flashlight starts blinking again. It's blinking, 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 blinking. And I'm like, oh, geez. And then my phone starts vibrating again. And then the light just turns off. And I was just, it was completely dark up there. And I was like, what the heck? Oh. And so I'm trying to get this light turned back on. It's twisted in. It was working fine. It should be working. And so I said, okay, I'll get myself an auto. Use the light. By the time I got to my cell phone and worked it out and took a glove off, the phone had stopped ringing again. I got to it and it started ringing again while it was in my hand. 
And I was like, who the heck is calling me? And I look at the number, and I don't remember what it was, but it was it was out there. I had never seen that area code before. So I answered the phone, you know, hey, this is Sam. What's going on? And it was just silent. And I was like, hello? And then I heard a little bit of breathing. And I was like, what on earth? Turned it off really quick, said, I'm getting out of here. Suddenly my light just turns right back on in my hand. And I crawl back to the thing and I shut it. So it was just weird, the coincidence of my light turning on and off right as the phone called. And then as soon as I hung up the phone, the light just turned right back on. Wow. So it was after that, I was just done. Too many things like that were happening, not at that intensity, but that was kind of the well, like, I'm done point. Like I was saying, it kind of follows people home a lot and from different disciplines. Like I said, it's, you know, yep. UFO people, ghost people, Bigfoot people, this stuff will follow you home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very strange. And, of course, you know, the phone call stuff, that ties in with the, the whole UFO thing and, and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you mean, know, the more I looked into that, it's kind of like the Men in Black thing. and Right. And that sort of idea where you get these prank phone calls from supposed Men in Black or whatever it is. And, yeah, you see her breathing. Before the Mothman Prophecies movie came out, there was an article on John Keel in uh, 14 Times. And... I had read that, and that's that's kind of the first thing that got me interested in it. So so I read the the Mothman prophecies after that, and I, I told my wife I was like, "You got to read this." this is a, you know, she's a skeptic and all, but she's she's interested in this stuff. She's yeah, just, yeah. So uh, you got to read this, and every time somebody in our house would read the book, we would start waking up at I think it was four fifteen in the morning, whatever it was. It was the same time every morning. Hmm. We'd wake up. And like both of us would wake up at that time, we'd look at the clock. It got to a point where we we just stopped mentioning it because it happened constantly. Really, and then we were getting weird phone calls, just like phone calls hanging up. I was getting this was uh, early days of the internet. I'm getting emails from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like like just hmm. like weird emails, not junk emails. Like you know, I'd send an email out to a non-existent address just to just to mess around. You know, like I'm yeah. just gonna test this. I'm gonna make up an, an email address and get back a weird reply. You know, wow! Like just this, just crazy stuff to the point where, like, she would kind of say that we we had we would have um, our friends would come and, and stay with us for extended periods of time, other musicians and stuff, and it's uh, you kind of like uh, somebody's on tour, if somebody you know needs a place to stay for a summer, we we would trade off and stuff. You know, you stay at my place mm-hmm. one summer, I'll stay at yours next or whatever. So we had musician friend guests for an extended period one summer, and and they were reading it, and I remember my wife being like, "Don't let them like just." gonna start going crazy <laughs> and as soon as they start reading it but i don't remember particularly anything happening when they did but whenever it seemed yeah. like whenever my wife and i would read that stuff would start just weird stuff would start going off and then i'd start finding these weird synchronicities and i i remember this guy who i never talked to in the neighborhood he, this is uh we used to live in never ever talked to him never really had reason to talk to him he walked up to me one day shook my hand and said you know i'm with naval intelligence and i was like what like you know wow. it's just like what does this have to do with anything we've never said a word to each other he's like yes i used to work with, for naval intelligence i'm like what the heck are you telling me you know i didn't say anything i just you know at the time yeah. i was just kind of like okay you know have a nice day uh, naval intelligence guy but uh, it was like coming out of nowhere it's, it's so weird this stuff in the intro to my the book I'm writing now, I, I talk about how it it can make you crazy because I think at the point you start trying to figure out whether things are coincidences or synchronicity, you're playing in in the toy box of insanity at that point. Exactly. And and uh, it's just 
I don't know. I, you know, I don't know where to go from there other than just for me, I just embrace it. Like my life's just going to be crazy. Like that's, what, yeah. that's, uh, and I, I will try to stay sane and I'll try to be, you know, provide a sane environment for my children, but I'm sort of resigned to craziness in my life one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny cause my fiance, she, uh, she's a believer in things as long as she sees it. If right. I see it or anybody else, she doesn't believe it. So we've had a couple of weird things happen in this house we're living in. And it's kind of like you were talking about with the synchronicities where um, one night I woke up at about four in the morning. I think it was three thirty, And uh, I just felt weird like something was staring at me. And it lasted for about 30 minutes to an hour. And then it was gone. And I went right back to sleep. It happened again two more days. And on the third day when I woke up, I was just staring at this vent on the ceiling. And I was sleeping on the second floor. Um, we were having a kid at the time, so she had the bed with the kid and I was downstairs. I was just staring at this vent and it felt like whatever was staring at me was coming from this vent and it was weirding me out. And so I ended up just moving towards the dining room and just sleeping in there because it just felt like something was looking at me the next morning. I didn't say anything to my fiance. Uh, she's talking to me and she tells me, you know, it was so weird, Sam. I had the most terrifying dream in the entire world. It woke me up and I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, I had this dream that I was laying in the room upstairs and there was these two little mice they were just staring at me through the vent, oh. and uh, it's it terrified me. She said so much so that she woke up scared. It was about the same time in the morning when I was waking up. It was around 3.30, and as she's telling me this, I'm getting goosebumps. I was just like, oh, my goodness, and I said, you would not believe what I saw. It's odd how, you know, it, it seems like once you kind of experience something, things kind of just keep happening off and on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not every day. It's not every week. It's not every month. But every every so often, something just kind of goes, hey, you know, don't forget, there's weird things in this world. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a, a Bigfoot witness recently comparing notes, and he says, he said, you, you won't believe this. He said, but I can get something to happen almost every time I go out. I said, no, I absolutely believe it. <laughs> I said, yeah. like, it, I absolutely believe it because, like, enough weird stuff has happened. I don't want to give too much away, but I, I do talk about it in my new book. I find skulls on, like, I'm doing a lot of Bigfoot investigations now. So, mm -hmm. I'm, like, people call me for the podcast. People call me outside of the podcast. And uh, I love doing it. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm, you know, passion of mine. So, I'm, I'm happy to do it. But in the past year, it, you know, if I've done two dozen investigations, and some of it's new stuff, some of it's, like, old stuff. Some of it people call me. Some of it's old reports. I'm, you know, I'm checking out on my own. Yeah. But if I've done, you know, going out on 12, I've found at seven of these places, deer skulls. And it's just wow. it, where it's like, well, what's like, what's up with this? You know? And it started when I felt like I had one left for me. Like, you know, I, it, I, it appeared in the middle of, a, of the trail. I, I really got the impression. And, it, and it's, this is just an impression. It's based yeah. on nothing more than the impression I got. I got the impression that it was left there for me. And since that time, I have... I've collected skulls, animal skulls, as long as they're clean and not gory, since yeah. I was a kid. Like, I started doing it in elementary school, and I've done it ever since. In the past year, I've tripled my collection. <laughs> just, wow. Just And, for instance, I went out on, a, on one Bigfoot uh, sighting recently. The guy told me where the creatures were standing. I went out, and you know, I told him, hey, I'm going to go you know, across the way. You tell me where they were kind of thing went over there you know I'm, I'm raising up my walking stick you know tell me how high they were etc doing the standard stuff when he's done i look down at my feet and there's a deer skull like right there right where he said the creatures were standing it's oh just completely bizarre it's completely bizarre and i don't know it, it gets into this unbelievable realm where it's just it's just craziness and like i said this is where where it just seems insane 
where you start saying like, so are these just coincidence? Is it just coincidence that I'm finding them constantly? (laughs) Yeah. There's just, there's too many coincidences with too many people to say it's just a coincidence, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it just happens too often. Um, and I don't think it's mass psychosis and I don't think it's something that all humans are just kind of hardwired wrong. You know, there has to be more to it. And, you know, what's funny is, is, you know, early on and even up until this last year, I was a big disbeliever in Sasquatch. I thought the whole idea was ridiculous and absolutely absurd. And I think that's because I was really still fixated on it being a flesh and blood Sasquatch. Right. And I think now, as, as you know, a lot more people are talking about it. As you start thinking about it more, like you said, as you, you know, it's poltergeist activity in the woods or people see it looking like a black form that's blacker than black. You start thinking, well, maybe it's something beyond just a flesh and blood Bigfoot. And I, once I started hearing that kind of stuff, I'm actually a lot more receptive to it. Yeah, I actually it, think I might start going out and looking for something like that here again. As bizarre as that sounds, it's to me, it, there's less of a chance of it being an undiscovered gorilla than oh, yeah. there is of it being just something that we we don't know. And I'm not even saying necessarily it's paranormal. I'm just saying we don't know. Like it's something we don't understand and we, and we don't know. I, yep. I I I can't imagine. And and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I hope I'm proven wrong because it's a hell of a lot easier to talk about a, a rare a rare gorilla <laughs> than than whatever this else is. But I really can't imagine in this day and age there being a, a breeding population of North American gorillas that we can't locate. <laughs> no, and we no. don't have any fossil record of. We don't have any like substantial. You know, there's no body. There's no there's no uh, specimen sample at all, other than than some really really convincing footprints. I mean, the yep, in, incredibly convincing footprints. No DNA that anyone will accept. You know, and of course, there's a whole thing with that. Where oh, it's a conspiracy. They don't want you to know, and this and that. Maybe I don't know. You know, yeah. it's just just anything's possible. Yeah, you know? but uh, to me, it's just at this point, it's it's almost more reasonable that it's it's not a natural animal than to think that it is, and that's a really bizarre like stance to take but yep. but that's where i've you know it's kind of where i've i've come at this point i mean i do reserve the right to change my mind <laughs> oh absolutely anytime yeah. you know but you know it's interesting too just how much you know stuff like this where somebody will experience one thing and then next thing you know you know they become sasquatch hunters or ghost hunters and it's kind of like you said with the the screams kind of leading you into the woods or lights leading you into the woods whatever it is a lot of this stuff seems to kind of be goading people forward, mm-hmm. you know, like pushing you to keep searching, pushing you to ask questions and wonder why. And to be honest, when I was younger at the time, I think that was also kind of why I stopped was because I felt like I was being kind of goaded into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like that feeling. And I think now, you know, I, I'd be much more receptive to that as more of a, a just an idea of, of being inquisitive and, right. and maybe something wants to be figured out. Yeah, you know. I, I've spoken a number of times about having, and I I always say I put quotes around both alien and abduction stuff. Yeah. When, in my college years, I don't think I, they were aliens, and I don't think I left my bed. Whatever happened was something else. But uh, I was running a tape recorder, a uh, sound activated tape recorder. I throw under my bed, and uh, <laughs> I listened back to it. You know, for I'd let it go for a week or something, and after the first week, I listened back to it. And what I heard was so disturbing, I threw the tape away. I could Are you not, serious? I could not handle it at the time. Yeah, it was a series of electronic beeps and me crying out no an awful lot. 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was so disturbing to me, and I didn't even listen to the whole the whole tape. I'm thinking I listened to maybe ten minutes of it before I just and I shut down. I said, "Nope, I cannot deal with this. I would pay good money for that tape right now." <laughs> no I'm kidding. so mad at myself for throwing it away, but I could not handle it at the time. I just there was no part of me at that time that wanted anything to do with that. I threw it away and just stopped recording. Wow, that, that was the end of that. So I get that. There's there's points in your life where you're not. I don't know if you're not ready for it or if you're just... Yeah, you, know. you also have to vault it, you know. You just put it in the vault and you walk away because you yeah. can't take it at the time. So. Yeah. And there could be a number of reasons for that. Like, for yeah. me, it was just... Yeah, I don't know if it was just immaturity in a way. Like, I just wasn't... You mm-hmm. know, and now I'm, now I'm older and I just feel like, well, you know, whatever it is, it, it didn't kill me. <laughs> so... Yeah. You, yeah. you know, maybe... Uh, Maybe I want to, uh, uh, you know, kind of dig in a little more. But at that time, in, in no way, no how was I ready to face it. That's incredible, man. You know, I I would kill for something like that. That's crazy. My uh, my brother and I, when we were growing up, we had the same bedroom our whole lives. We shared a room. We had a bunk bed. We had the strangest thing happen at night where I hadn't gone to sleep yet. And we had this new robot toy called the MyPal 2000. And it was this little clear plastic robot. And um, it would light up with red, blue, yellow lights. And you could put balls in the arm and it would shoot the balls out. It didn't move around or anything. It was a stationary thing. Robot technology wasn't exactly (laughs) really out there at the time. But I was laying there at night. Lights were off. And this thing just lights up all of a sudden in the middle of the night. It just turns red. All the red lights illuminated. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. You know, what's going to happen next? And I kid you not, I heard it clear as day. It said, I'm going to kill you. Whoa. And I was kind of scared. Um, I put my blankets over my head and I pushed myself against the wall. And I eventually just fell asleep after hours of being terrified of this thing. And what was crazy, though, is I didn't tell anybody about it. And the next night when we're about to go to bed, my brother says, do you mind if we move the, the toy? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I don't know if you heard it last night, but that thing turned on and it said I wanted to kill you. Wow. And I said okay, yeah, let's get this out of the room and move it. And um, our parents told us we were crazy. They just bought it for us, and it was expensive at the time, so they were kind of upset, but we we wouldn't play with it or take it out of the closet after that. Wow. It was done. Yeah, Yeah. I guess not. (laughs) Wow. But that's no no alien abduction, but, you know, sometimes weird things like that happen, and that was one of those things that I had kind of vaulted until my brother and I were talking, and it just kind of came up, and then... You yeah. know, now you look back at it and you can handle it. But at the time as a kid, you just couldn't handle something like that being real. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, geez. That was, uh, well, I mean, I had this, and I never connected this to the later alien abduction stuff until I started writing about it. My Some of my earliest memories are these dreams I would wake up and I would hear voices. And I, I was the youngest of a big family. I was the youngest of six okay. kids. So, you know, there's eight people in the house at all times. But I knew what time everybody got up because I would I would often wake up before everyone else. And my dad, I could hear him, you know, he'd be rattling the newspapers or my mom would be, you know, making breakfast. So I knew when people were up and when they weren't. Yeah. And this happened multiple times. This is a, a, a recurring dream. I'll put dream in, in quotes, make of that what you will. But yeah. I would wake yeah. up and I would hear voices and I couldn't understand. They were speaking in a language I could not understand. And for some reason I had decided and they seemed like they were coming from the room below me. But they were talking loud enough where I could, you know, I could hear they were speaking to each other. And it, I decided they were three witches for whatever reason. I think I had read a book. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there's a book series called Man, Myth, and Magic, which, like, 
blessed and cursed my young mind all at once. <laughs> it, it inspired many nightmares and and uh, and and many great other things. You know, it got me interested in folklore and so forth. So yeah, still love that series today. I found I found it in a used bookstore as an adult and bought the entire encyclopedia. So it's a great great series. But this was we had a little local library. It was probably about. I don't know, like maybe 10 by 20, you know, the, the whole library. And the, one of the things I had in there was a series of Mammoth and Magic books. So I'd get a different volume out every every week. You know, we go to the library, I'd get a different volume out. When I got to the end, I'd start over, you know, the beginning yep. and, and read through it. But anyway, I think I read about a witch's Sabbath or something in there. And, and for some reason, I decided that these were these were three witches below me and they were having a witch's Sabbath. And they couldn't know I was awake. Like, that was the thing. Like, I had, and I just hmm. laid there terrified and quiet and, you know, shaking my bed. And, and yeah. uh, I remember one time I had to pee really bad and just holding and holding and holding like, oh, God, I, you know, I, I can't wait to bed. I can't wait to bed. <laughs> but, I, you know, just praying somebody else in the house would get up. Because once, well, actually, I never I never heard that. I would always hear them and then probably and drift back to sleep and then wake up and, you know, someone else would yeah. get up at that point. So I never And knew. would the room be lit? Or... Yeah, it was morning. It, you know, this this was in wow. this always happened in the morning. It was like at least most of the time. I think I'm thinking maybe sometime it was you know early morning. It was probably still dark, but most of the time I remember it happening. And I'm thinking I had this dream like you know at least a half dozen times, if not more. And could it, you hear three different voices? Or I again, this is I'm a little kid at this point. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know what time they what age they stopped, but I I remember being really young. Like I must have just started reading. You know, at this point, so six, maybe the age is six through ten, maybe something in that. I mean, I'm just basing that on when I went to, to that library yeah. I'm speaking about. Yeah, and I I got the impression, and again, this is you know looking back in the memory, I got the impression mm-hmm. it was three distinct voices. There was three of them. But it's odd how sometimes you kind of get just like an instant mental image of something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like for some reason you stick it to that phenomena immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I had something kind of, I had something similar. This was again. I'll, I'll I'll do the same thing and use air quotes when I say sleeping. I was in my room. I had moved back to my parents' house after moving out for about two and a half, three years. And uh, the only people living there were my parents, myself, and my brother. My sister was moved out, and he was in the room next to me at that point. Luckily, we finally weren't sharing bunk beds. I was awake. I felt like I was awake, and I sat up, and there was a pink, purplish light, kind of neon colored, emanating from my brother's wall. And it was just kind of slowly kind of pouring into the room like a fog would. And I heard a woman's voice clear as day. She kept just kind of like sing-songy saying the word Sewanji. And hmm. just said it like three times. And I just kind of felt sleepier and sleepier. And I fell back in my bed and I fell asleep. Right. And there was no way you should be sleepy at that point. No. You, you know what no, I mean? I, you, that should be something like, well, I'm up now. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that, it was and very that was, strange. That was my experience with the like the like uh, the so-called alien abduction, I, where I couldn't stay awake. I got three creepy figures standing over me, and I'm falling wow. back asleep multiple times. I'd wake up and fall back asleep. There's no way you should fall back and, asleep. And that sleep that you, that you hit, it's like a heavier yes kind of feeling. At least for me, it's like a, a weight's being put on your actual soul, and you feel like you're falling through the floor. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. bizarre. Yeah, there's there, it's not a dreaming sleep; it's a dead sleep. Yeah. It's like the sleep that happens in your sleep. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, and it's it's very strange. And there's number of Sasquatch witnesses talk about rolling over, looking out the window, seeing a creature staring in their window, and just turning over and going back to sleep. There's no way in the world you should do that. You know, no. <laughs> like like that. You no. should be awake at that point. 
you know, if not screaming, at least shaking and and oh, yeah. uh, and thinking like, what, what this doesn't belong here. Mike Clellan, guy who wrote the the messengers. He describes an incident where he woke up, looked out his window, saw I think uh, three gray aliens walking towards his house, and and I don't I don't know if he saw a ship or not, but it's in his book anyway. But basically says, oh, they're here or whatever, you know, whatever thoughts he had. To him. So turns over and goes back to sleep. Wow. Why? You know, there's like. Why does that happen? It made no sense. Like, my, I've never been angrier. The one, like, incredibly scary sort of abduction thing that, that I can remember, I've never been angrier in my life. It's the, it the angriest I've ever been. I really? Remember, oh, I was so mad. And I just remember, like, thinking, like, you don't, you don't get to do this. Like, who are you? I know uh, Whitley Strieber or somebody said that they said back to him, we, we have every right to do this or something. And I don't know whether I've attributed that to what I experienced, you know, having, having learned that somebody else, but it, in my memory, I didn't hear them saying words, but I got the feeling that they were like, just brush me off. Like, of course, of course we have the right to do this. You know, we can, wow. of course we can do this. But again, that's the one thing like I'm really unsure of most of that memory. I, I wasn't into UFOs particularly or, or uh, aliens at the time. I didn't know it was a thing. The only thing I had was a, a repulsion whenever I saw the cover of uh, Strieber's book Communion. I didn't want anything wow. to do with it. I hated it. I hated it. Like just walking through bookstores. Like that. Is, I hate that. Whatever that is, I hate it. You know, it was some time later that I saw a news story on the alien abduction phenomenon. And I, I I realized at that point, like it's wow. like a, a screen memory kind of fell away. Before that, I thought there was they were three doctors standing above me doing this to me. That they had surgical oh masks on and stuff. When I saw that special, they had either reenactments or. I don't know if it was drawings or reenactments. Somehow they had like what witnesses were seeing, and it's like it, the image just fell away. It just they they turned immediately from doctors into those, and I realized like that's what they were. They weren't doctors, and it really freaked me out. Yeah, you know, it, it's weird how you get these heavy emotions or heavy feelings tied to the different events, and they're extreme emotions, and they're across the board. Like when I chased after those lights, it was extreme nausea and just paralysis and terror. You know, instantly versus when I saw that purplish light, it was a calm and it was a peaceful thing. And then, you know, you get other things like in sleep paralysis mode where you see a black figure over you or something and or, you know, what we were just talking about. And you get that weighted feeling like you fall asleep inside of it. And I know several times where I've had things like that happen. I wouldn't say I'm angry, but I'm extremely defiant. Like I am fighting it to the bitter end and trying to thrash about and scream and then you just you fade out. Yeah, um, it's bizarre. I I mean I woke up swinging. I was that angry, and yeah. it, was, it was like in the morning. You know, the light was on at this point. I I literally woke up screaming, lashing out to the point where I tell my kids to this day, wake me up from across the room. Don't shake me because I'm afraid I'm going to do it again. You know. Oh yeah. And if you know, I, I'd never want to you know do that. So I always tell them like, stand at the door and wake me up. Like you know, call my name till I wake up. Don't or shake my feet. Don't don't come up and yeah. shake, shake yeah. my my uh, torso because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lash out. Um, never done it since then, but I just, you know, I would never want to do that. I would never. Yeah. I feel and they got to make sure not to put a Sasquatch costume on and come wake you up. Oh my God. I've seen those videos where people wake each other up wearing <laughs> alien gray masks and stuff. Oh my God. I, I don't know if I'd have a heart attack or, uh, you know, punch somebody out. Well, when I was real little, this has nothing paranormal whatsoever. There was this jerk of a kid <laughs> who lived in the neighborhood. The only really redeeming quality of this kid is, is he was good with folklore. He told me a lot of ghost stories and stuff. He was a few years older. I think he's just like four or five years older than me. I was watching TV, 
and I'd fallen asleep. Nobody was home. I think, you know, my, my older brothers were supposed to watch me or something, but they, you know, they all had friends in the neighborhood. So they'd be around, but not at the house or something. So this kid sneaks in the house and, and leans over me. And this kid kind of tormented me my entire life. Like always tease me, always, you know, always harass me. Just once I got big enough, I, one time, uh, I was driving home once I got my license. It was late at night, and he ran up on me and started flashing his high beams and stuff. And, and uh, I pulled over, and I I told him like, "Nah, I was bigger than him. I was like, I'm gonna beat you down <laughs> if you ever do that again. So you need to stop." But th- at this point, I was younger than him. I was just a little kid, and he's leaning over top of me, flicking my ears. And I, I woke up and punched him out. <laughs> I, wow. I, I knocked him out. I, just complete reflexes. I just happened to hit him in the jaw and uh, and totally knocked him out. So that's that's the other time. But he wasn't wearing a Sasquatch mask, thankfully. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll edit that out because that, that has no business being the podcast. <laughs> but anyway. So, oh, man, it was great talking to you. Great stories. Uh, yeah. If, if I come out to Washington, you take me to this cemetery? Absolutely. I would do it. Easy to get to. We'll get a permit, though. Can you get permits? Too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. You know, Washington has tons of supposed haunted locations, and I chased a lot of them down. Most of them are just non-existent or torn down but that graveyard it's on every page every website it's a hotbed so it sounds really cool i i would definitely like to check it out it's been wow i was there in 2000 i haven't been back since but i love really? i love portland i love seattle uh oh my I, goodness i love them both too i, I had people who i uh, went to san francisco one time to uh play music at a festival and, and everybody here was like we'll never see you again you're not coming back Eh, it was all right. San Francisco was okay. But when yeah. I went to Portland and Washington, I literally almost didn't come back. My wife and I remember it was five in the morning. We had to leave the hotel room to catch the plane back at that point. And we were looking at each other and like, are we going or not? I said, I'll do what you want. If you want to stay, I'll stay. But we need, <laughs> we need to make the call right now. And it was minutes before we had to leave. And she said, oh, we just bought a house. Let's go. So we had just bought a house in Pennsylvania, so we came back. Which, and I do love Pennsylvania, but that um, yeah. I almost stayed in Washington. I, I really loved it out there. We've got so much stuff out here. I mean, we've got the Olympic rainforest. You know, we've got that mountain pass. It's just tons of forest. Um, there's just a lot of nature out here, which is great. The problem is a lot of the tech companies moved out this way. Mm-hmm. And so the cost of living is ridiculous out here. Out. Yeah. Um, and everybody's getting slowly pushed back further and further. I mean, my parents make decent money and they're thinking about moving to Boise, Idaho. So, mm. you know, things have to be bad when you want to move to Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. And, and I, that's the thing. I, I kill myself. I, I toured the country with my band and I never saw anything. I saw the inside of clubs and the roof of whatever couch, you know, above the ceiling yep. above whatever couch I slept on. I didn't see anything. So when I was out there, I did zero hiking, I, mm. you know, and I, I still love the area. I, I, you know, I drove through some wild places and I, I just, I would have, my time would have been better served to, you know, play every other night or every two nights and actually, you know, see, yeah. see the country. And if I ever, if I ever tour again, that's what I'm going to do. Well, Sam, thank you so much for telling your stories and I will talk to you again. Hopefully if anything else comes up, you'll, you'll keep us informed. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate the podcast and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com
If you are on Facebook, check out the Strange Familiars Gathering group. Just look up Strange Familiars Gathering. You can join on Facebook, and we share news about the show, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, what we might be working on. We share news articles, and members of the group share things they're working on and so forth. That's Strange Familiars Gathering on Facebook. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.